0: Your host Beth Ann,
1: and I welcome you today to CSE Talk Radio. It's my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. I rattle that off awfully fast every day, but I truly, truly mean it. And uh, I hope that you enjoy this hour and look forward to it every day, as I do, and um, and I really do. You can ask Rudy and my husband. I come in here. Because I do look forward to it. I, I will say that I get a little confused about what I'm going to talk about sometimes. But uh, that's because everything seems the same. And I'm trying to think, how can I encourage you in just a different way? Because that's what we're here for, to encourage one another, to lift one another up and try to bring America home. First, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And I want you to remember these words today, justification, sanctification, and glorification. For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for the great I Am that you are, Creator God and Father. Abba, Father, how you justified us. Justification. And you sanctified us. And one day, glory. We will share the glory as we kneel before you in eternity. Glorification, not for us, but for you, Father. Thank you for that agape love that you loved us so much that you gave your only begotten Son. Send him to die, to be the sacrifice for our sins. And our sins are many. And that is why the wrath upon him was so vicious. We bow before you, Father. We pray, Father, for your protection. Protection over President Donald J. Trump and his family and those that are associated with him. Those that have been wrongly imprisoned for January 6th. Father, I pray that you will put your arms around them and comfort them. Make them strong. Keep them safe, Father. We hear that many of them are suffering torture, (laughs) abuse. We know many are in there that are elderly and are sick with cancer and needing treatments. Father, we pray for them. Oh, Father, we pray that the chains that you took from us We will understand that we are free. Father, we pray for wisdom. We know that you died for us. May we now live for you. For such a time as this, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What is the legacy you will leave? What is the legacy this generation will leave to the next generation what will they inherit from us now we're talking about our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and beyond that this weekend i heard a pastor say the greatest generation were men and women who lives with were whose lives were laced with the markings of greatness they answered the call They stayed true to their values and personal responsibility, duty, honor, and faith. It's amazing how one man or woman who is in a position of responsibility in a family who does the right thing can bless generations. Conversely, it is amazing how a person in leadership who makes bad decisions can curse generations. Let us live such as we give blessings to the coming generations. I fear that we think of ourselves now only. It's only about what is now. The woke is about what is now, except when they're talking about the world ending with climate change. But it's about now, what they want, what feels good to them. But aren't those great words of wisdom philosophical? Whether we are speaking of family or community or jobs or this nation, each of us has a responsibility to another, to the next generation. You know, somebody told me one time that when you say you don't have a choice, you always have a choice. There's always a choice. So, to say I have no dog in the race is not an acceptable, responsible answer to whatever is going on. My vote doesn't matter. I can't beat City Hall. Those are just cop-outs. It's just a cop-out. In just a couple of weeks, America, we will once again, as Americans, go to the voting booths, cast our votes... What do we know about our areas? What do we know that is on our ballot? What is on your ballot? Who is on your ballot? What do you know about the principles of liberty? Will you be voting for liberty? Or will you be voting for party? Again, the greatest generation were men and women whose lives were laced with the markings of greatness. They answered the call. They stayed true to their values of personal responsibility, duty, honor, and faith. It's amazing how one man or woman who is in a position of responsibility in a family, who does the right thing, can bless generations thereafter. Conversely, it is amazing how a person in leadership who makes bad decisions can curse generations. Let us live as if we give blessings to the coming generations. The pastor had just lost his father. His father was in his 90s. I believe that's what he said. And it was his son that made this comment to him. So his father was one of those of the greatest generation. My father was. We're losing that generation but moreover, we're losing that responsibility, that personal responsibility, duty, honor, and faith. We have failed to live that. Perhaps the greatest generation spoiled us just a little too much in their greatness. So when we think, and a pastor, another pastor years ago said justification, sanctification, and glorification. This is in the scriptures. Justification is A one-time event. Sanctification sanctification is a process, and glorification is a future event. If you're a Christian, you are guaranteed. What Do we justify our vote? I know I'm kind of reaching on this. It is a one-day event. The voting is or can we say that it is sanctification for restoring glorifying liberty in america again maybe that's kind of far out is the way i'm trying to think this morning but if we are truly in the if we are truly the consent of the governed as it says and points out in the declaration of independence it is our right it is our duty our responsibility to throw off such government Our government has no power except that granted it by the people. And it is time to check and reverse the growth of government, which shows signs of having grown beyond the consent of the governed. That's a quote from Ronald Reagan. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We'll be right back. And we have returned. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio in my monologue. I also wanted to, to share with you, and I won't do that for the, for the time's sake, but please please go read the Declaration of Independence. Again, at least the first part of it. We hold these truths to be self evident It becomes evident <laughs> that the founders believed in you, the people. You were the ones to govern, and the governed, meant, were to answer to you, and that is what our November eighth is going to be. They're going to answer to us. Will we hold them accountable? Will we fire them? Some of them need to be fired. Don't be like <laughs> Trace Gallagher and say I'm not a cancel guy. They need to be, not canceled, fired. They've not done their duty. They're not doing what they said they would do. They're not, even, they're not even pretending to do it. So November 8th, it is your right. It is your duty to throw off the government as we cast negative votes against this communist regime that is currently leading this nation down the road of ultimate and absolute destruction. And they're doing it intentionally. It's time, America, that we bring America home. I have a quote here from Representative Thomas Massey. And I want you to think about what he's saying here. And I want you to think about what we are witnessing in this day and time. The horrific sin, and crimes against humanity, against our children. I want you to stop and think about it as I share his quote. When people who would abort a baby the day it's born threw kids into the bus during the pandemic, take kids to drag shows and saddle our children with crippling debt, tell you how to live because they're concerned about sea levels, In 100 years, hide your children. Now, that's a great statement. I mean, it's, you know, we, yay, 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 but Representative Thomas Massey, how about the minority in the House of Representatives and the Senate start standing up and speaking out a little bit louder, a little bit louder now, a little bit louder now. So in the headlines here that I have, and I have, there's there's numerous headlines. I'm not going to read them all to you, but just the ones that I have in my hand. Joe Biden quietly created a task force in July to target pro-life Americans. Now, that's coming from lifenews.com. It's a great source of information there. But obviously, toward their name, they lean towards things that are about life and abortion and that kind of thing. The Boston Globe contributor says she had her first abortion at age 11, despite not being pregnant. We're going to talk about that one a little bit. The same day SCOTUS squashes the Pennsylvania's illegal ballots, Secretary of State tells counties to break the law. That's coming from The Federalist, another great source. I believe that's where Molly Hemingway is. Biden executive order abolishes constitutional safeguards against spying on Americans. That's from the New American uh, website. 73% of migrants bust to New York City are in homeless shelters. That's coming from Breitbart. And the Daily Citizen gives us one of these. Christian childcare worker fired for refusing to read an LGBT book to young children. And there you have it, America. So, let's talk about the woman who claims she had an abortion at age 11 and wasn't pregnant now any of you women out there that are listening who have had the heartbreak of a miscarriage you will recognize this of this procedure that this woman had gone through and i can sympathize for this young woman for her health issues It has to be traumatic. But it is not a justification for abortion. After my first child, I had a miscarriage. And when you have a miscarriage, they will go in and make sure that everything is cleaned out so you do not get an infection. And it's called a DNC. And they go in and they clean out the uterus. This young woman had female issues where she had to have a DNC. And she's had many of them because of the issues that she had, the female issues. And she says that a DNC is the same thing that they use in an abortion. So, therefore, she claims she had an abortion without being pregnant. (laughs) We cannot justify abortion as a procedure to save life because it is not. This procedure was to help her life. Abortions do not save life. They take lives. I don't know how else. It's called a dilatation and and curettage—I'm probably pronouncing it wrong because all they called it when I was having it done was a DNC. And depending on how far along you are, you, you, they may do it right in the office, and other times they will put you in the hospital to have it done. It is not an abortion. And I feel sorry for this young girl, this young woman, who's had this done numerous times. But it's not an abortion because they did not remove life. They removed unwanted tissues that were causing her to have heavy, heavy bleeding. And they were cleaning her out in hopes that it would make things better because she was bleeding and she could have bled to death but we cannot justify that we cannot compare that with an abortion now there are times when a woman does lose a child and and her body refuses to reject it and they have to go in and do this procedure the baby is already dead they call it a stillborn but this one didn't want to be born not me i i have i have a family member that had that done abortion is evil it is not there to save a life it is there to take a life and not all of them are this way First, they have to kill the baby when it's farther along, and then they have to clean the mother out. Where have we gone in this country, America, where we do, as that quote from Representative Massey says, we abort our babies, we threw our children under the bus during a pandemic for our safety, we take them and have drag shows at libraries or in the, even in the school now. And we are saddling them with a debt that is unreal. And yet, I wonder how Massey voted on all these omnibus bills throughout the years. You know what I say? Vote every single Democrat out, but don't you dare put your faith in a Republican the consent of the governed make sure they understand and know who it is exactly that they were working for now i want to talk about this uh, article from the federalist the same day the scoda squashes the pennsylvania's illegal ballots security of state tells counties <laughs> to break the law That is why people are afraid to vote in November. But you have got to outnumber them, folks. We have outnumbered them so many times. That's what they are in fear for. The crowds that have gone around Trump, and it isn't about Trump, my friends. It is about you. He is speaking for you, and they are scared to death of you. And so they're trying to squash him because they think if they can do away with him... You'll run like scared little rabbits and be quiet in the brush. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're going to talk a little bit about this go-to thing. I think we did a little bit last week, but I want to mention it again because when November 8th, it's time for you to stand up America and bring America home. And we'll be right back. Return to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. I want to talk a little bit about this SCOTUS decision. What they basically did was they said Pennsylvania has to follow its laws, and this was about dating the ballots. The ballots have to be dated, and if they are not, they should not be counted. But Pennsylvania counted them anyway. Now this went back to 2021, and it is David Ritker, Ritter. Who lost the election and he wanted the count, the votes to be recounted and was 257 undated ballots were counted. Undated. Would you be suspicious? I'd be suspicious. And the Supreme Court of DC, federally, the federal Supreme Court told Pennsylvania they need to obey their own laws. But guess who voted against that? The Supreme Court on Tuesday vacated the case, tossing the lower court's decision and thus ruling in favor of Ritter. See, now, the, the lower court decided to, they ruled against him. And then he took it to the Supreme Court and they ruled for him. All except Justice Sonia Sotomayor and Catania Brown, who doesn't know whether she's female or male. Catania Brown-Jackson. But immediately after the court's decision was made, Pennsylvania's acting secretary of state, Leah Chapman, released a statement saying the court's ruling does not affect the decision of the Third Circuit in any way. So they are denying the process of this government. They're denying the Supreme Court. They don't care Whether you have a constitutional right or not, we have got to vote these Democrats out. If anybody in Pennsylvania is listening, I don't know if this person's on the ballot or not on the ballot or if they're an appointed. I don't know what the secretary of state there is, but I'm going to tell you right now, you need to get rid of them. I don't even know if Ritter deserved to win or not. I'm just telling you, there has to be rules And they have to be followed. And if they're not, then it is not fair. It's not a fair election with integrity. It's fixed. Because they can make up their own rules as to which ballot counts and which ballot doesn't count. Instead of following the rules that they have set down. This is not good, America. But it does not justify you not going to the polls and voting. In fact, it's the opposite. You got to outnumber them. And we do outnumber them. And that's what scares the bejesus out of them. Is that what the word is? Bejesus? Now, we mentioned uh, Paul Hamby last week. And uh, we talked about this. I had a We had a, there's a gang of us, a little bunch of friends that we get together with. They had a bonfire this week, and one of us was missing because she was sick, and we really hope she's getting better. But we got together, and I, I, you know, me, I have to throw out a few questions. And the one had called me and asked me to talk about the election, which we did last week. And I had mentioned Paul Hamby, and I mentioned to you that I'm voting against every amendment. (laughs) Unless somebody tells me otherwise or convinces me otherwise, I should say. Nobody's going to tell me how to vote. But Paul Hamby is somebody that I very, very, very highly respect because he stays on the state issues. And he tells right out, and she said, I'm surprised you told how you're voting. I said, well, I'm not ashamed of how I vote. He said he's going to vote against number one, number two. I'm sorry, number one, number three. We don't have a number two for some reason. Number four, but he's going to vote yes for number five. And I don't remember what number five is, but I think Rudy has looked it yep, up and he's I've going got, to tell me real quickly.
2: I've got number five. That's the one that gives the Missouri National Guard its own department in the state
1: government. All right. And that's one I said. Sounds to me like we're making another department of bureaucracy. So maybe Paul can come on and talk to me about that and convince me that that's a, a good thing to make another bureaucratic department. So, and that was the one my girlfriend was I surprised I was against, knowing that I have law enforcement in the family. But it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Oh, the, that was the police one. And I took, we tried to convince her and tell her, you know, it was only Kansas City. Only Kansas City was applied to that. Now, going on and talking, thinking about our legacy and the stupid, what stupid people, what people do that's stupid and how it affects generations to come. How it affects even now. If we're making decisions selfishly, so that life can be better for us right this minute, how is it affecting liberty for the future? Well, this is a report, and it says, San Francisco's woke policies have turned the city into an open drug market. This is absolutely ridiculous, what is going on in San Francisco. I, you know... I guess I could use the thing that I said you shouldn't use. You know, i got no dog in the race there, but I'm sure I've got friends and family that live in the state of California that do care. And what affects people there always seems to trickle through the nation. So we need to be careful. We need to be careful what we vote for and what we vote against. California is known for being very, 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 very liberal, which I've never really understood other than it's Hollywood, and they're a bunch of artists, and they're weird. I don't know. But I do know that what we do today affects tomorrow. I have read to you many, many times, and you know I'm writing a book, and, and don't be a joke about it anymore because I'm on like the 14th chapter or so. I'm doing really well. This is not about Beth. (laughs) and it is about our nation, and it is much of my opinions, but I quote our founding fathers throughout it and other people as well, and I try to make points like I do here on the air, but it is my modern-day version, my personal modern-day version of Thomas Paine's American Crisis Common Sense. I have named it The American Crisis Continues, And where he signs common sense every time I sign Bring America Home. In it, I thought it was very important that we study the principles of liberty. Because I make this quote to you all the time, I share it. When once a republic is corrupted, now you have to remember we are a republic. We have some Democrat policies, but we are a republic. There is no possibility of remedying any of the growing evils, but by removing the corruption, which is what we're going to do on November 8th, and restoring its lost principles, every other correction is either useless or new evil. Sometimes even voting in a Republican is just voting in new evil. But the main part there I concentrate in the book is those lost principles, Do we even know what those principles are that we have lost? Number one, popular sovereignty, meaning rule by the people. This is a government in which the people rule. Consent of the governed, my friends. The people can elect members of Congress, can choose the president. The idea of popular sovereignty is found in the preamble of the Constitution. In fact, The preamble to the Constitution gives the job description to these Congress folks and the executive branch and the Supreme Court, the Justice, the the Department of Justice. Number two is Republicanism, meaning the right to vote for representatives. You vote them in (coughs) and they represent you. But it is still the consent of the governed we 're going to go through these this list seven I think we 've got twenty eight in the uh, the book that i 'm writing but you 're listening to CSE talk radio and we 'll be right back. Don't miss Abby Johnson as she delivers a message of life in St. Charles, Missouri for Vitae Foundation's annual pro-life event on Thursday, October 27th at St. Charles Convention Center in St. Charles, Missouri. Abby is the author of the national best-selling book and movie adaptation, Unplanned, which tells the story of her powerful conversion from abortion clinic director to outspoken pro-life advocate. Abby believes in the work of Vitae Foundation as they utilize digital marketing strategies to connect abortion-determined women with life-saving resources at local pregnancy help centers. Reserve your seat today by going to adsforlife.org. Again, that's Abby Johnson on October 27th in St. Charles at the Convention Center in St. Charles, Missouri. Before this event sells out, register today at adsforlife.org. That's adsforlife.org. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. The seven principles of the Constitution. This doesn't say of liberty, but it is what it is. It is of liberty. The ones we talk about in, in my book coming up, I actually received from another place, two other places, actually, and I give them credit for it. And one of these days, I'm going to give them a little phone call and make sure that that's okay. And I'm sure that it is because they're all about us knowing what we're supposed to know in our Constitution, So we talked about popular sovereignty. Republicanism, meaning that the right to vote for representatives. The word Republicanism means a representative government. And that is why it is so important that we understand we are a constitutional republic where citizens can vote for people who share their opinions and their views. Republicanism means the power rests with the citizens. Who can and do vote, and that's kind of like we used to say in church if you don't show up to the church meeting, <laughs> business meeting, you really shouldn't complain on which side they decide to put the piano. Federalism, meaning power is shared between the national and the state governments. The word federalism means that the state governments are under the central government. The government of the United States is called a federal government, a national government. The national government and the state governments, they share the power. Now, I disagree with a little bit of how they worded that. But the central government, the federal government, is really supposed to secure the rights of the state government, not override them. So in this case of Pennsylvania... They are the ones who made the rules for their own voting. And they are the ones ignoring their own laws, their voting laws. And that is why the Supreme Court said, you can't do that. You can't make a law and then, and then not keep it. You know? Prior to the ratification of the Constitution, every one of the 13 original colonies had its own Constitution. Well, we still do. And the Tenth Amendment set the guidelines for the federal government. Anything that's not there, it is up to the states, not the feds. What has gone wrong these days is the federal government wants to take care of everything. And they have a department of alphabet bureaucracy to do it. Separation of powers into branches that make, enforce, and interpret the laws. Basically, Congress, which is the combination of the House of Representatives and Senate. They are called Congress. They are the ones who make the laws. They are the ones who are supposed to guard the purse, of people's money. And they are the ones that do that. The executive branch, it is their duty to enforce the laws that have been made by Congress, the legislative branch. And the justice, the branch of uh, the judicial branch, excuse me, such as the Supreme Court, they interpret the law, and the law has to coincide parallel with the Constitution. And if it doesn't, then it's considered unconstitutional, and you are not necessarily under its authority. Very simple, isn't it? Until corruption takes over. The balance of power, its checks and balances, I learned that in junior high when we studied the Constitution. It's important. Checks and balances. Each of the three branches has its own power and it is to check and control the powers of the other branches. That's why we have veto power. That's why we have overriding the veto power. That's why we have the judicial system that's checking this, these laws that the Congress makes. Are they constitutional or not? I don't know that they check them until somebody comes up and says, I object, but that's what it's supposed to be. Limited government. Everyone is bound by the U.S. Constitution. The Declaration of Independence says that government gets their just powers from the consent of the governed meaning that the people elect their representatives and that everyone is bound by the supreme law of the land, which is the Constitution, not the Supreme Court. This means no one, not even the president, is above the law. Oh, how they love to quote that (laughs) when they're pointing their finger at someone else. Individual rights. What sets the Constitutional Republic apart from all other republics, from all other democracies, which is mob rule, is this individual rights. Personal freedoms are guaranteed by the Bill of Rights. The personal freedoms of the people are guaranteed by these Bill of Rights and cannot be taken away by the central government. And yet they are constantly, constantly trying to infringe upon the Second Amendment, reinvent the First Amendment, and ignore all the others. I think it's the Eighth Amendment that says they can't fine you unjustly, an exorbitant amount that's unrealistic, and yet we see them do it all the time. Going back to A few years when the baker was being fined and run out of business because they didn't like him. He wasn't guilty of anything. Supreme Court made a mistake in that one. If I'm correct, I'm not sure which way they favored. I better take that back. I'll have to go back because Beth's memory fails her from time to time. We have so many things. Do you vote for liberty or do you vote for power? Let's go back to the monologue, to what I heard the pastor say. The greatest generation were men and women whose lives were laced with the markings of greatness. They answered the call, they stayed true to their values of personal responsibility, duty, honor, and faith. It's amazing how one man or one woman who is in a position of responsibility in a family, who does the right thing, can bless generations. Conversely, it is amazing how a person in leadership who makes bad decisions can curse Generations. What do you think your life examples, exemplifies? I have five sons. The name Schutterberg is pretty, pretty obvious. Not everybody has that name, although we've kind of increased the number. (laughs) But they were judged by the integrity that their grandfather was known for and their father has been known for. On my side with my dad, the Sumter, I was judged by his integrity and how he lived his life. Not by his piano playing, which he was really, really good at. They think I can play because he did, but that didn't happen. So let us live as... and my father-in-law and my father are both of that greatest generation let us live as if we give blessings to the coming generations and in that we will bring america home